Good morning. Please turn to Psalm 126, the 126th Psalm. Psalm 126. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, yes. whereof we are glad. Yes. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Yes. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, Amen. bringing his sheaves with him. I'm going to go through this uh, verse by verse and, and uh, give you some, some things to think about and, uh, and then challenge you with a question at the end. So let's start at verse 1. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Turning again the captivity here is talking about um, freeing the people from it. If you remember when the Israelites were, were uh, taken into captivity by Babylon, uh the greatest empire at that time it would have been it would have been scary it would have been strange mothers would have been worried about the upbringing of their children fathers would have been worried about the safety of their families and the influence of the pagans around them uh, on them but god had a different plan for that scenario which i'll get to in the upcoming verses it says we were like them that dream. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is talking about, you know, that, that feeling that you get when you wait intently for something, wait for a long time, and then it finally happens. And it feels kind of like a daze or like a dream. You, you can't believe that it's actually happening. This is what's being described. Yeah. Israel had been in captivity and had desired uh, to return home. For so long, it was hard for them to believe when it was finally over. Yes, Verse 2. Then was our mouth filled with laughter, and our tongue with singing. Yes. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. Amen. First, I want to look at the, the first half of this verse. Um, it's, it's talking about a response to the blessing and deliverance right. yes. of the Lord yes. Yes. upon them. They didn't merely return home to their old lives and their old ways, but rather were so filled with joy that they were filled with laughter, which can be compared to rejoicing. Not only this, but their tongues were filled with singing. Because not only were they rejoicing, but they were so joyful that they couldn't contain it. And so they burst forth with singing. Have you ever have you ever been just so happy that you just started singing no matter where you were, what you were doing? That's what's going on here. In the second half of this verse, not only were they super joyful and singing, but they noised abroad the blessings of the Lord upon them. Even the heathen saw it. Yes. Because the people were not ashamed to bless and praise the Lord no matter what. Uh, or no matter who was watching. Right. And because of this, even the heathen knew 
that it was the Lord Jehovah's hand. Yes. And they acknowledged it. Yes. They said, the Lord hath done great things for them. That's all caps Lord, which means Jehovah. Yes. They knew it. Verse 3. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. The, the people here are acknowledging uh, the things that the Lord has, has done and being thankful. But not only that, but they're being vocal about it. They're, they're yes. actually using songs and dance and, and words to describe it to the Lord and to the other people around them. Their lives were affected by the blessing of the Lord, and they could not help but give thanks and give something back to Him. Verse 4. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Here it's, it's restating the position that they were in. They were in captivity. They had pleas uh, that they were offering up for salvation. They were in a bad situation, and they want to make sure that you know that because it gives a, a greater emphasis on their response to it. Right. They also compare the Lord's hand and the Lord's salvation as a stream. Think about that for a second. Only the Lord Jehovah has the power um, great enough to determine where streams and rivers are going to flow. It boggles the minds of scientists sometimes how rivers flow. It doesn't boggle his mind because he makes it do it. In the same way, the Lord Jehovah is the only one that has the power to turn the hearts of kings to release their captives and or slaves, freeing them to return to their homes. And it didn't stop there. In the return of Israel from Babylon, the king of the land sent money and gifts, yes. Yes. sent bodyguards, supplies, all kinds of things with the people to help them get home, to help them rebuild their home and rebuild the temple. What in the world did they do that for? What, what kind of king lets his captives go and then gives them everything that they need to rebuild the place that he just destroyed? It's because their hearts, that king's heart was being controlled by the Most High God, the Lord Jehovah, who has no respect of persons and He will do as He wills with His own. Verse 5. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Amen. I'm going to split this one up as well. If you'll notice in the first part, the uh, three words, sow in tears. When Israel was taken captive by Babylon, the Lord told them to plant vineyards, to grow food, to settle down, to multiply, to get used to being there because they were going to be there for a while. Matter of fact, they were there for 70 years. He said to do this, and they did it even though they were in captivity and possibly slavery or servitude of some kind, and even though while they were away, they missed Jerusalem and were sorrowful because the house of the Lord was broken down. Yet, they did it anyway. They obeyed the Lord. In the second half, it says, reap in joy. As I already explained, the Lord changed the heart of the king, and he sent them home with supplies, equipment, and others to help them, those things. And they were joyful and thankful, and they did indeed return home reaping in joy. Verse 6, 
I'm going to split this one in two halves as well, but I want you to think about our personal lives as Christians living for the Lord as children of God. It says, He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed. Think about how a true Christian's life is full of decisions to do what's right no matter what, no matter the cost, and even though at some times it will cause sacrifice in one way or, the, uh, or another. While we're doing that, we're planting precious seed. We're laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven by being those living sacrifices for the Lord and by killing the old man and the sin nature that's within us. It's hard work, and it has its pains. Hence the, the term, and weepeth. But it doesn't end there. There's a second half to the verse. It says, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, yes. bringing his sheaves with him. Yes. After having lived those sacrificial lives, we get to rejoice and be thankful and sing for all eternity to the Lord, reaping those treasures that we have laid up and earning a far better reward than anything that this world here can tempt us with. Yes. Far better. There will be no more sorrow. There will be no more sin. There will be no more death and no more tears. And if there's anything more joyous than that, I've never heard of it. Don't want to know about it. In conclusion, I have a couple of questions for you. Did you notice the overall attitude in the chapter? Even though they went forth weeping, living sacrificial lives for the Lord and obeying His words, they knew that it would lead to uh, much joy. Right. And they didn't merely just accept the blessing. Let me explain that. You might get a raise. And you think, awesome, I got a raise. But what's the first thought that comes to your mind? Look at me, I got a raise. It should be, thank you, Lord. Because he's the one that gave it to you. They returned praise and thanksgiving to the Lord with song and with dance. With what attitude are you obeying the Lord? And let me explain why I put it in quotations. If it's anything short of cheerfulness, if it is anything short of uncontainable joy and thankfulness for the blessings he gives, it's not enough. If you're not being obedient with cheerfulness, it's not obedience. It's doing it because you really don't have a choice. By the way, the Lord blesses our efforts before we have even completed His will. We're still completing His will now, and yet we get blessings. The last time I checked, when, when you're working for somebody, they don't pay you the full payout halfway through the week. you got to work the whole thing. But the Lord gives us or in however you say that, receivable blessings when we're not even done obeying Him. It's amazing. Thank you, Lord. Let's live our lives purposing to be joyful in every circumstance and purposing to give God all the glory and honor and praise for everything good in our lives.